I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on Social Media Influencers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both Hot 97 Radio and Fox 5 TV, free of charge on LisaEvers.com. You can also subscribe to the iTunes podcast called Street Soldiers and get alerts every week when we drop a new episode. Now, in this episode, we are talking about influencers. You've probably heard the term. They call themselves social media influencers, but some people question whether it's a real job. Now, before you make up your mind on that, you're going to hear from some people who have very specific ideas about this and real track records in this field. When you hear how much money they're making, you'll understand why many of them are leaving the nine to five grind behind. Joining me for this episode, Sean Prez. He's the president and CEO of Power Moves Inc. He's a corporate speaker and a marketing strategist. Prez, great to have you with us. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Lise. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Also joining us is King Steph. She's a model and influencer. She's a Columbia, has a Columbia master's degree and NYU undergraduate degree. Steph, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Flossie Carter. He's a tech influencer, has over 1 million devoted YouTube subscribers. Flossie, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Steph, first of all, what is an influencer? We hear this term being thrown around all the time. Yeah, um, I think to me, an influencer, uh, you can have influencers with millions of followers. You can have influencers with 20,000 followers. I think it really just is a person who has a social media presence and gets that engagement from an audience that's captive to them and really cares about what they're posting and really wants to engage with them on a regular basis. That's how I define it. Now, how did you get into it? Because you have a master's degree from Columbia. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. Ivy League school, a big degree, sure. a lot of credentials. But you're working full-time as an influencer now. How did that yeah. happen? Um, so originally, I had a little following back in the day when Instagram had first started up. And I deleted it because I was going this professional route. So I probably had twelve or 13,000. Deleted it because I was nervous that it was going to influence my um, you know, professional development. And then I restarted my Instagram. I had a few pictures go viral, reposted by different sites. And I kind of thought to myself, OK, like stop running from it. It keeps coming to you. And just kind of leverage it and work with it. Um, so for a while, I was working full-time. I was uh, getting my master's part-time at Columbia, and then also I would be shooting on the weekends or after work. Um, so it was a lot. I was just building this all at the same time. And then eventually um, I finished my master's, and I saw that I had a little saved up, and I just I hated my last job. So I quit, and right when I was running out of savings, like down to my last thousand, um, I got my first big contract. And I remember I cried. I read the email, and I cried. Um, but it's really such a blessing to be able to use a platform that I built myself and, and to work for myself. And, you know, it's been great. It, it really has. I never imagined this for myself, but um, I'm blessed to be able to do this. All right. We're going to talk about what a day looks like and how, how you how you work in that in just a moment. But Flossie, and how did you get into it? I actually got started making videos for fun. You know, I had downtime in my office, so I'd make videos to kill the time during the day. And um, after a few videos, I noticed a lot of people in the comments were looking forward to my next video. So I just kept doing it over and over, putting videos out. I've always been into tech, so I've always bought the latest products. And I started making videos and just giving my natural opinions on them. And I noticed that people started to take my opinion more seriously than some of the bigger names or some of the actual companies. So I just started, actually started doing it for fun. And then when I seen a couple of dollars start rolling in, <laughs> it was like, all right, well, maybe I need to be a little more serious. So then took it from there. And then you got a little more serious. Yeah, a little bit more serious, started, you know, uh, putting out more videos more frequently. So people started liking them even more. And then it, it went from kind of like underground to mainstream once um, 
a few big name companies seen the videos and they liked it. So now here we are. All right, and we're going to talk basically mainstream. We're going to talk about how we got to here we are right now. <laughs> All right. But Prez, in terms of from a, from a marketing standpoint, mm -hmm. why has this influencer kind of industry gotten so big, and why why does big business like it now? Well, first you have to address that the traditional forms of marketing are pretty much dated. You know, traditional television, print ads. You know, people are just not tuning in the way they once did. Um, the social media aspect. You know, we see kids, we see adults um, on their phone all day, every day. These influencers, they have more power over the buying public than, you know, traditional um, media outlets have ever had at this point. So, and typically it's coming from a trusted source. If somebody decides to follow you or subscribe to your channel, they're interested in you. They're interested in your opinion. And if you recommend a brand or you recommend a product, they're more inclined to go out there and, you know, let me test this out for myself because I trust the source. So more effective all the way around. Absolutely. S Steph, how did you get, okay, so you, you, you quit your job. <laughs> I quit my you, job. You, did you have a moment where you were like going, how am I going to pay the bills? No, I think it's great that I have a master's as kind of my backup. I, I got more into this halfway through my master's and I wasn't just going to quit and not get it. So I think for me, I have a little bit more stability than maybe some other influencers who don't have that backup plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely have moments where it's hard, right? Influencing, influencing, it's like a new market. There's no blueprint for how to do it. Um, you Take know, us through the evolution though. Like did people see you when they start sending you stuff yeah, or they yeah. tagged you or they So the pictures DM'd will go viral, they'll be reposted on different pages. Um, and then companies will reach out to you. They'll send you a DM. They'll say, Hey, we really love your photos and your pictures. We'd love to send you some free products. I think when you first start out, that's how it goes. You get free products. You don't really get paid so much. Um, but then as you start, you know, growing your following, more reposts, the company reposting you helps as well to grow your following. Then from there, you can, you know, demand what you're worth. You can demand money for posts and for stories and things like that. So you definitely have to put your time in building your following and creating those relationships and showing what you can do. But I think after a certain point, you should definitely be making money for it. So when you got your first contract, can you tell us like, like what range was that or how much was that? And what was it for? It was enough for me to be able to quit my job and not worry about bills or paying my credit card or rent for six months. So it was a six month contract. Wow. Yes, and it was, like I said, a blessing. I, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. For clothing or for beauty yeah, products? Yeah, for, for clothing. So um, just getting different outfits and modeling them and showing them off online and, you know, putting up the link where they can buy them for, for some of the big, like, um, online fashion Like we're companies. talking six figures, five figures? Not six figures, five figures for sure. That's, so, that's incredible. Which is great when you think about it. Um, and like I said, I, I don't take any of this for granted. I think it's a, a huge blessing to be able to do creative things, work from home, and and make what someone's making, you know, like entry level. No so. rush hour commute. No, no sitting on jam subways. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that's, uh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> no walking around like we do with four bags to three different things and six different places in one day. And Fl Flossie, tell us, how did you turn it into the, how did you turn it into the money thing? Well, like, did they hit? Did the electronics companies hit you or they, now? They when I first started, it would, with anybody that does tech product videos, when you first start, you got to buy the stuff yourself. So I was spending a lot of money mm -hmm. out of my own pocket. Right. But then it's like after a while, the companies will reach out and they say, "Okay, we see you did a video for this. We have a similar product. We'll send it to you for free." So with YouTube, we we make the majority of money with the ads. But once you get a little bit bigger, then it's like now instead of sending me the product for free. It's like, look, I'm busy this week. If you want your video out 
this week, you know, give me $10,000, give me 5000 you know, depending on right. the level of your channel. So then they'll, you know, they'll pay that. Because like Sean said, nowadays people don't care about TV commercials. A YouTube video is bigger than a TV commercial. You know, a YouTube video from my personal channel, I know for a fact that I've kept certain companies in business. There's companies that was literally going out of business after my video, they're back in business. So this so, is a this is a full time business for you. This is a full time job. And you support your family and everything. Like maybe uh, maybe like five years ago, I was working my regular job. I had a little side hustle going also, but then it's like when I noticed that YouTube and my regular job money was starting to be equal, it was like okay, maybe I could. I have to quit one. I have to quit one because I'm a little bit too busy. So I took a chance. I quit my. I had a full career. You know, if anybody Googled me, I, I worked as a paramedic. You know, I had I was a full nine to five job, benefits and all that, and just walked away from it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. But you got to dedicate yourself to it, though. Exactly, yeah. President. More and more people are getting into this. Like, absolutely. are there certain certain characteristics that the successful ones have? Oh, absolutely. I mean, marketing is marketing. Let, let's start there. It's all about authenticity, credibility. I think that the people who are most successful are the people who are truest and honest to who they are. They really, um, they don't just take a check just to take a check. They endorse products that they, number one, would either wear or if it's a tech product that they would use. These are the people who, you know, are going to be trusted by their followers and they're going to be the ones that actually command the biggest dollars. You know, we think of some of the biggest influencers on planet Earth you know, it would make sense. Um, Kylie Jenner, we've all heard of the, the, the Kardashian and Jenner family. You know, she's a billionaire now. Right. But it makes complete sense because of that the family's into makeup. And, yeah. Right, the uh, authenticity point. We'll take a short break. No. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, Yo, you already know what it is, man. This is B.I.G. Shine. And this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about social media influencers. How do they do it? How do they get paid? Why is everyone talking about this? Well, joining me for this conversation, the one and only Sean Prez. He's the president and CEO of Power Moves, Inc. He's a corporate speaker and also a marketing strategist. Prez, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is King Steph. She's a model and influencer. She has a Columbia master's degree, also an NYU undergrad degree, but she's a full-time <laughs> influencer. Steph, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Flossie Carter. He's a tech influencer. He has over 1 million YouTube subscribers, and his influencing is a full-time business for him. Flossie, great to have you with us. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, Lisa. What about the social media aspect of it? Because, Steph, in terms of the, in terms of the stability of something, like this like you yeah. said you have the fallback plan because you've got an education sure but you have you have people that go hey I'm not gonna go to school at all I'm gonna take a chance with this or not really have any type of other career how yeah. stable is it um, I would say it really depends you definitely have to hustle and always be producing content I really do look at it as a business like Flossie does so I analyze all my metrics and make sure I'm posting at times when people are watching so that the content performs the best that it can but in terms of stability it really does depend um, if you get a contract that's great and for those six months two months whatever it is you can relax um, but the company can always choose not to move forward with you for another contract there are always other influencers coming up and competing for those same contracts and it's a limited pool there are 
millions of influencers and only a few companies with the budgets to pay them living wages. So yeah, you have to just be on point. And just constantly be, almost always be hustling, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's how I got here. <laughs> and Fl Flossie, what's a, do you have like, do you have like, what is your day like? Cause you used to have a desk and an office yeah. and, well, and then like, I guess when you're a paramedic, be out there running around well, saving running lives? All day, all night. But now it's, um, you know, being on YouTube is basically like having your own business. So you record your videos whenever you want. So I have a lot more time and it gives me a little bit more freedom to be more creative. You know, before I was working nine to five, then I gotta make my video between five and 10 and then, you know, I gotta go to sleep back up for the next day. Now it's like, all right, I wake up whenever I want, but I have a whole, a whole, the whole night to do my video and think about what I'm gonna do, be more creative. And so, then do you, do you keep, in terms of the industry, because the tech industry is something that changes super fast. Yeah, and that's a good so thing for me. How do you how do you keep up on or know what the things are? Social media, social media. You know, I follow a lot of other tech YouTubers. Right. Follow all the companies on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, you just gotta you know you gotta be in the game. So that's a good thing for me. Being that tech is always changing. There's no shortage of content for me. You know, I I could do a phone video today and tomorrow. There's a new phone coming out and next week and next week, all year, every year. It's gonna be a hundred phones coming out. It's to the point that I have to turn down certain <laughs> certain companies because I don't have the time. And, and Pres, in terms of the competitiveness, because you, we, we've seen with the music industry, you know, from the early days when when you were moving marketing records for Bad Boy Records mm -hmm. and out there with the street teams and really setting the level, the bar for how to market records in that particular era. It's and then now to where we see there's so many artists, there's so many platforms, there's so many ways for people to get mm -hmm. their music out. It's almost the same thing with this. Oh, it's 100%. It's almost the same. In influence, you got to think, if, if I take it back to, to the days of traditional um, grassroots marketing and street teams, we really went around this country and handpicked individuals that we felt, you know, really had influence. Now, if it's that kid in high school that always had the fresh new kicks on, that's the guy who I wanted on my street team. You know, if it was the girl who you know, always had the best makeup and always had her hair do done and she influenced girls as well as guys. I wanted her on my street team. So it's no different in, you know, it's just the platform has changed. Now it's digital and it's social, <laughs> but we want people who have the ability to, to speak to, the con to their constituents and really influence their, their spending and their buying power. That's so you're saying that basically the, what they're doing is the digital version Absolutely. of what like our, our standard uh, good marketing principles. Oh, 100%. And the trend now, whereas once upon a time from a, a, a marketing standpoint, you know, we went after people with big Instagram and social followings. Now, you know, we're narrowing it down. We're going after people who have 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, but loyal and engaging followers. Mm -hmm. You know, these nano, uh, these nano influencers are pretty much all a rave now because we want people who influence, you know, their friends and, and people who are following them. And then, and then, Steph, in terms of the, in terms of your followers, mm -hmm. does it? Do you ever post stuff? Do you ever just post things that maybe you want to post, or do you? Yeah. I think um, when you have a contract and you have deadlines and you're posting three, four times a week, let's say, it gets hard to kind of just post your own stuff just because 
that's your priority now, right? That's what's paying your bills. Um, But yeah, I definitely post stuff that's, you know, my personality and my stories and on my page. And I feel like I've had followers who've been with me since my first Instagram that I deleted. So a lot of people feel like they know you um, and have been down with you for for so long that they're just there for the ride and they know your personality. So it's pretty cool to have them supporting like my next moves. And and then Flossie, when you got the first that first contract, like what kinds of things did they ask you to do? Well, it's kind of different with tech because we don't sign a contract. They'll just um, give you the phone or whatever the product is, and they'll just ask you to give your honest opinion. And it's up to the person making the video if they really want to be honest or not. If you're too honest, then you might not hear from that company again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a one-shot deal. So, you know, if you do it good, if you do the video good, they'll, they'll be back. But if you bash it, then they might not be back. You know, it all depends. But for me, um, basically, I don't do that. Like, I don't take the contract. I don't sign contracts, and I really don't ask for money to review products. I'd rather just make my money from the ads, from the videos, and make my money selling it back on Amazon or different uh, platforms. So you don't ask them for, you don't ask them for money in order to do the YouTube video. No, um, it, it depends. Like if I'm making a commercial, if I'm doing a video that's straight up a commercial, right. that's fine. But if I'm going to take your product and actually use it. Just give me the product for free and give me the freedom to say whatever I want. And that's kind of why my channel is unique because, like Sean said, it's more grassroots. So people trust me. Well, if I tell you something is good, you know it's not money behind it. You know that it is actually good. And even a lot of companies, they'll send me a product. I'll still go out and buy the same product myself, give away the one they sent me, give it to a random fan, and I'll make my video based on the one I purchased. This way, my credibility is, is, is always so you don't want be, people to feel like your opinion can be bought. Yeah, everybody knows that about me. That's then, one. That's a staple of my channel. You know, if I say something is good, it's 100% good. And if I say it's trash, do not buy it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Hey, yo, this is Pat Post with Lisa Evers. Put your thinking caps on. Street Soldiers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the social media influencer phenomenon. It's becoming a big business. Joining us for this conversation, Sean Prez. He's the president and CEO of Power Moves, Inc. He's a corporate speaker and also marketing strategist. Prez, great to have you with us. Uh, great to be here. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is King Steph. She's a model and influencer. She has a Columbia master's degree and also an NYU undergrad degree, but she works full-time with her influencing career. Steph, great to have you with us. Happy to be here. Thank you. Also joining us is Flossie Carter. He's a tech influencer with over 1 million YouTube subscribers, does his own thing, and everyone in the industry pays attention to him. <laughs> Flossie, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Okay. There, uh, recently, Instagram said that they are test, testing a, a, a way to not have likes on pages. Mm. Uh, Prez, do you think this is going to hurt the whole influencer industry? I do. I think that... Um well, I don't know about the, the, the entire influencer industry, but I think that it's going to have a negative effect just with their users. You know, it was a study done um, a few years ago, whereas people, when you get a like, it releases dopamine in your brain. You know, it, it's <laughs> equivalent. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like drugs. And people really go out there and, and they post for these likes. So not having that incentive you know, I understand why the social platforms are, are at least testing it because they want to make sure people are not just posting um, things that might be considered harmful just for the likes. But I think that it, it might take away in the end for the end user. What do you think about that stuff? 
Um, I agree with Prez. I think that um, the content creators who use this platform and have created a business off of it, they already introduce an algorithm that limits how many of your followers that you earned see your content, which a lot of people, including myself, think is unfair. So taking away the likes, I Wait, think... can you just explain that for us? Sure, yeah. For those of us that don't have a master's yeah. degree, can you explain that for us? <laughs> My master's The algorithm and the this and the that. Okay, just break yeah. it down, Steph, So please. Instagram recently introduced an algorithm that limits the amount of reach your posts organically have. So normally, back in the day, let's say you have 200,000 followers, your 200,000 followers have the potential to see your photo that you post now only I think it's three to five percent actually get shown the photo that you're posting and then based on how it performs in like the first few hours and how it's doing then it's kind of boosted to your other followers I am sure that all of my followers don't always see all of my content and um, so that that is a, a big issue with a lot of content creators because you feel like you know I earned this platform on my own I built it by myself and I'm not even able to benefit off of it fully and I can definitely see a change in the engagement from six months ago even to now um, so that's been an issue and then you add this on top of it taking the likes away sure you can take a screenshot of your metrics page if you're if you're using this as a business you have a business account which shows you your engagement levels your likes all of these things and legit companies will ask for that data to make sure that you haven't bought your followers that everything is actually going as it should um, so there's always that option for influencers but I think instead of focusing on removing the likes I think they should focus on removing people who cyber bully and things like that because I have way more of a problem with that on a daily basis than really anything else. absolutely like what kind of like bullying oh people say mean things all the time you have to have a really really thick skin <laughs> to be on social media because people don't really look at you as a person they look at you as a figure as and disposable entertainment yeah they can say whatever they want to you it's like if somebody walked into your house uninvited and criticized your living room furniture I'm like I didn't ask you to be here you know what I mean but people really feel like they have that kind of Partial ownership. And do you review. clap back or do you just? I do clap back. <laughs> I clap back you... when it's appropriate, right? right? I feel like once in a while you need to check people, um, but most of the time I just block because I feel like you can't really engage with negativity on a daily basis like that. It's, it's bad too for much. your mental health. Yeah. It's so I just much. do my own thing, but once in a while I put them in their place and let them know, like. You this block or delete. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah, delete yeah. those. Delete <laughs> those comments. Most of the time, yes. Flossie, what what about the whole like thing? Um, on an Instagram platform, that would destroy their whole their whole social media site. Because half of the fun of being on Instagram is seeing your likes. Right. You know, that's the term, do it for the gram. You know, do without right. likes, without <laughs> likes, what are you going to do for the gram? Right. You know, not to mention, for people that use it for marketing, like for me personally, it lets me know what products or what things people want to see more. So if I post a, a picture of a, a, maybe a Motorola phone and it only gets 1,000 likes, nobody's interested in that. Right. Then I post the same Huawei one and it's 5,000 likes, that's what people want to see. Right. So then that kind of guides me to how I'm going to create my next content. And then in, in terms of the likes, too, does it help you see who's liking it, too? Uh, me, personally, I don't really care about that. You know. It's just a number. Yeah, you know. It's just a number. And then in, in terms of the... For uh, Instagram, that is. On right. YouTube, totally different. But how? But you, you, you mainly use YouTube. Yeah. That's your main, main thing. Yeah. Because of the commercials. I mean, because of the, the ads. Yeah, and the uh, side hustles that you generate from YouTube. Right. Because most companies, they have affiliates programs. So say I did a, a JBL speaker, I'll make the money on YouTube from the ads, and then I'll put a link for the JBL speaker, and when, every time JBL sends one, they have to send me a little commission from that. Okay. So every product you do, most companies have affiliate programs, and you get involved like that. And then do it, and, and do it like that. There's a, there's a whole world, world yeah. to all of this. <laughs> yeah. what, what about the president? We're on our phones all the time. Yep. But are there certain times that are better than other times? 
You know, that would probably be a better question for, <laughs> for, for Steph. the employer. Yeah. What, what about that? Like, have you found from yes. all, all of your use? Absolutely. Um, so in your metrics page and your business account, you can actually look at your entire audience and the times that they're most active each day. So I try to post every day around 3 o'clock. 6 o'clock is another good time, but 3 o'clock is, like, really the best time. And you will see a marked difference between posting at 3 and posting at 4 and how your photo does. Really? Absolutely. So I really, like I said, you have to look at it like a business. I post on a consistent basis, follow your prime times like really make sure people have eyes on your content but yeah absolutely and then when you're put when you're posting in the, in, the, in the gram do you have to say sponsored or you do you have to put something no, like that I think it depends on um, who you're working with so I don't post but I also always tag the company and put them in the uh, caption but that's actually a stipulation of my contract because they want you to know that these are their clothes um, so I know a lot of influencers do do ads but I think it's good do of, like pay, it, like paid sponsorship yeah, like you have to you have yeah. to put that if you're gonna you know if you're gonna do a sponsored video you have to mm -hmm. put sponsored you know for tax purposes and all that so on yeah. YouTube there's yeah, a major, on YouTube, definitely. major crackdown major crackdown you know once upon a time you know people would get product and they would review it or they would you know let's say for for lack, lack of a better example they post themselves holding a bottle of liquor or whatever mm. if you are in any way being paid as a sponsor or the company's even giving it to you for free. You must include ad at this point because companies are being fined hundreds of millions of dollars. Really? Absolutely. Yep. If you're in any way affiliated with that company, the, you must disclose that you are an endorser of some way um, to this brand. Yeah. yeah. So I think that it might actually be more important for those like liquor sponsorships or things like that. Cars, oh, it's across the board. Mm -hmm. but I, feel, I, think, I feel like for fashion, it's not as serious because it's either you like the clothes that I'm wearing and you want them for yourself or you don't like them and you don't want them for yourself. You know You're what speaking I mean? from the influencer standpoint. Yeah. I'm speaking from the corporate brand mm -hmm, side. Mm -hmm. The corporate, it, it won't affect you directly. Yeah. But the brand that supplies you the clothing, they're 100% being fined hundreds of millions of dollars. I think it's interesting too because in my contract that's never wow. a stipulation. Yeah. So I don't I think if it I It is put, a stipulation? It's not. It, you have to tag the company and you put them in in the caption. But I think if I also added ad, it would kind of take away from my contract a little bit because I think part of what they're selling is that you do enjoy their clothes. You like the way that they look. I think putting ad on every single thing with I'll that contract it might instance. be difficult. Okay. Sean Diddy Combs owns Ciroc Vodka. Right. Go check Instagram at this moment. Anytime he touches a bottle, I don't care if he's randomly in a club and just happens to have it on his table, it will now say ad. Guaranteed. I feel because you. they they crack down on the uh, cracking down on the company. Yeah, but well, have you seen that in the with the tech industry? Because definitely. If if a company gives you a product for free, right. you're supposed to mention you know, it's up to you how you want to mention it. Now you could be slick with it and say, Oh, you know, shout out to XYZ for sending me this. To test it out. Yeah, to test it out, or they gave me one to check out. Or, right. You know, you work, it has to be in there. But if it's a paid sponsored, you can't even monetize that video. You have to write sponsored ad. So every really? Now, yeah, so, and so this way, it works out good for the creator and the person watching because then they know that this is a commercial. This is Everybody knows Le LeBron James doesn't drive a Toyota. Right. If you see him in a commercial driving it, you know it's just an it's ad. It's a commercial. It's a commercial. So if I do a YouTube oh. video and it says sponsored ad, don't take anything I'm saying seriously. You know I'm getting a check. This is a commercial. <laughs> but when I'm doing a regular video you, and you, you, you hear me say, I just bought this from XYZ, then you know for a fact that you can you trust different. that opinion. If he goes out and buys it himself or you go out and buy clothes yourself, mm -hmm. feel free. 
but if you know if you're getting paid so they're, they're cracking that so what was once kind of like the you know Wild because it West. was considered stealth marketing you know you were able to endorse a product and it comes across as though you know i just i love really this love product. this exactly but if now if you're affiliated with that brand you have to disclose it but, I mean, yeah. but a lot of companies still find a way to get around it especially now with cash app and paypal mm. they'll say look we'll just cash app you x amount of money and you know you buy it yourself say the product is three hundred dollars we'll cash app you three hundred plus an extra five on you know on top whatever go buy it yourself so this way technically you bought it yourself Correct. and they can't really trace it like that yeah i feel like it's different for fashion i feel like it is i feel like you know you have to be wearing clothes in your pictures at least right. some yeah, of them so. well not everyone does but <laughs> most if you, if you want the post to stay up for very yeah, long you know. yeah but it, you know being a model you're modeling things that's what you're doing so right. i think it's kind of inherent at least on my page that you know that this was supplied by this company they're tagged in it they're in the caption this came from right, them that you're modeling but i don't it. hashtag I ad on everything maybe you know they'll crack down on it i'll need to i could definitely see how that would be you know more stringent on youtube and with different types of products, products exactly yeah, sure. e exactly all right this is street soldiers i'm your host lisa evers we'll be right back hey this is rhapsody, hey, this is rhapsody. and you're listening to street soldiers with lisa, lisa evers where we talk about power but also push for peace welcome back to street soldiers i'm your host lisa evers in this episode we're talking about social media influencers and how it has turned into a big business joining me for this conversation sean prez he's the president and ceo of power moves inc he's also a corporate speaker and marketing strategist sean great to have you with us. Great to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is King Steph. She's a model and influencer. She has a Columbia University <laughs> master's degree and also an NYU undergrad degree, but she is a full-time influencer. Steph, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Flossie Carter. He's a tech influencer, has over one million YouTube subscribers. Flossie, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Pleasure thank to be here. Thank you. What about in terms of the future? Because there's so many people getting into this. Is there a danger, Prez, that it gets oversaturated? I don't think so. I think it's, you know, I think we're at the tip of the iceberg. I think it's going to continue to grow, you know, as um, digital marketing and social media continues to flourish, you know, you're going to find influencers who are going to become younger and younger. And, you know, brands are just, it, it's, it's a platform to market. You have to use it. People are on their phones you know, all day, every day. There's no way around it. So I think it's going to continue to grow. So people have people have to have to deal with it. Steph, in terms of in terms of your your career as mm -hmm. an influencer, do you 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 do hair products, you do makeup products, you do a lot of clothing, but can you do several different companies within a particular thing like several different makeup brands or several different hair products or yeah, how yeah. does that work? I feel for me because I do kind of all over the place types of stuff. I'm not like super specialized. It's less stringent. Um, when you are uh, super specialized, let's say you're a makeup artist, I think it's inherent that you're going to be working with all these different brands. I think it really depends on your contracts too. I know that with Certain contracts for me, I can't work with certain brands because they're direct competitors. Um, that's whether you have an exclusive contract or a non-exclusive contract. An exclusive contract is going to pay you more because you can't work with anybody else. Non-exclusive is going to pay you less. Um, so I think, you know, it's part of the hustle working with all these different brands, but you have to make sure you're not breaching any part of your contracts with any of the other companies you're working with. And Flossie, because you're totally independent, you don't have to worry about that, right? You that's just right. deal with whatever company, whatever mm -hmm. product. Yep. And... um. I don't only do tech stuff too, so I'm trying to branch out into doing a little bit more. But once you have a certain amount of followers or a certain following, let me say it like that, you could do anything you want. You know, people they've invested so much time and so you know so many years into you and your channel and your personality. I do cook and show. People watch that the same as they watch one of my tech videos. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. And well, cooking, um, cooking like Sean was saying, um, yeah, <laughs> like branching out. Yeah. Like all the car, like the Kardashians. That's it. I'm, I'm trying to get my beak way, you know. <laughs> but what about? But in in terms of in terms of the actual, you know, the actual pay and and making making the money. Are you concerned though that these platforms themselves might change, or they may change the rules, or the rates may go down, or anything like that? Or I mean, that's as always long as a, the eyeballs are there. It's yeah, that's always a concern. It's but gravy. as long as you have this platform, gives you access to other platforms. So. That's the way I look at it. So even if they shut down YouTube, I'm I'm already established on Amazon and eBay and you know all over the place. So, you know you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. And with and like Sean said, with social media, it's not going backwards. It's going forward. I mean, it's getting to the point that people don't watch regular TV anymore. YouTube TV now. Except is, for Street Soldiers. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but like YouTube TV. But they'll watch it on they'll watch it on YouTube. Yeah, they'll, or they'll watch, watch it on, it on social media. Right. Like nobody's watching, you know, Channel 11 at 10 o'clock in the morning. Like the shows like Jerry Springer that used to be so popular, they still are, but now you watch them when you want to. You get home and you watch it on you Netflix. Or, you watch or YouTube TV, yeah. and then you, you get the you get the uh, you know the version that's there that's recorded or whatever. Yeah. Okay, but in terms of, in terms of the celebrity factor, because we when we think of influencers too, we think of people, um, pres like the, like the Kardashians. We we're yep. talking about, mm -hmm. you know, the, some of the big big names in hip hop that are are automatically influencers because of their followings and because of their fame. Is there a trend developing towards more of these authentic, you know, authentic influencers who have a certain specialty? 100%. Um, you know, we spoke about it briefly. Um, the nano influencers, they have smaller followers. They're very much engaged with um, their constituents. And these, you know, typically my company, Palmos Inc., we're the ones negotiating on behalf of corporate brands and influencers. So, you know, once upon a time, we were tasked with going out and getting the biggest celebrities, the biggest influencers to, that had the most followers. Now it's, it's changing. You know, we want people who are really locked into a core group and they speak and can um, influence their buying power. So it is absolutely, and I, and I can tell you this, the checks are getting bigger. <laughs> You know, the deals that we're doing, they're getting bigger. The, you know, the, the, the money side is not drying up. It's actually, it's actually expanding. Oh, 100%. And get, and get, yeah. in, ter in, terms of get, in terms of getting started stuff, because the, yeah. the fashion, there's a, lot, there's a lot of women that, you know, take <laughs> pictures of themselves in different outfits mm -hmm. and, and all this, this other stuff. What advice do you have for people that, you know, are trying to get, trying to get started in this? Um, I think number one, be yourself, be authentic. I think Prez touched on that. I really do believe that. I feel like people can sense when you're not really there. It's not your personality. I think people connect with you better and will follow you when your authentic self comes out. Um, and be strategic. I feel like that is also right up there with be authentic. I think a lot of people look at it as, oh, I'll do this for fun or I'll just be an influencer. But like I said, I really do look at it like a business. Look at your metrics. Look at your prime posting times. Look at what companies make sense with what you're actually interested in. So there's that organic tie there. Um, and really be strategic about it. I think that um, you know approaching it in that way will help you grow. And um, be patient. Because when I first started, I wasn't getting paid. Uh, I was getting free clothes. And eventually I was like, you know, hey, like my following has grown. I would love to be paid. And, you know, a company said no. And they came back around later. And that was my that was my first big deal that let me quit my job. So. Did you ever reach out to companies and say, hey, yeah. here, here I am in this. I would look great in your clothes. Your For clothes sure. would look great on me. Uh, I've reached out to companies like jewelry companies or different companies, um, hair companies, where I think there 
are some synergies and whether it's for a free, free product or an actual contract, it really depends on how they want to work with you. But I've definitely heard no a lot as well. You have to, like I said, be patient, but also don't take it personal. You have to have a thick skin on here. There are companies that will say no to you now, and in two years, they'll come back and offer you a deal. So... It's, you just have, it's, it's like a, you just have to, you know, know is the start of Keep the hustling. way to getting yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> know is the beginning, yeah. know is the first step. What about with the tech field? Like, is this, is it the power of influencers with the tech field compared to these other fields like it's, fashion, like liquor, like? It's huge. It's unbelievable. I mean, there's certain people right now could make a video and say that they don't like something about your product, a huge tech product, and that, they could black blackball that mark that product right off the market wow didn't it, kylie jenner say something about snapchat and it like devalued in the stock yeah, market and it like dropped 100%. points yeah wow mm -hmm. absolutely so so it's that it's that serious it's that serious you see like with this uh, samsung the foldable phone right mm -hmm. they gave it to a couple of people and a couple of people had issues with it and now you can't even buy it they pushed the release the release because you know they, they gave it to a, you know, a couple of reviewers and they had problems yep. with the with the screen and that's it. And, and market and that, share, everything went down. So everything, so so press for corporations. Mm -hmm. Is this a plus or minus to have instant feedback like that if they put millions of dollars into developing some new thing? I think it is uh, uh, absolutely a plus. Although Samsung, in in terms of their Galaxy Fold, you know, they had to push the release date back. But imagine had they yeah. put this mm -hmm. out and millions of people bought that phone. You know, that's millions of people now complaining. My screen cracked or broke within the first two days of using it. That instant feedback allows them to go back and you know work on whatever changes they need to make. So, I think and, and saves them all that all that bad bad press no, and bad pub. Well, they got the bad press anyway. But <laughs> I mean, at least when the phone like, like comes going, out, like, I'll never buy another one again. You got to remember the Note Seven. The Note Seven was, same was, issue with uh, the battery. Was yeah, the, the, battery, the battery was blowing on up. Fire. Mm -hmm. Millions of people had that phone and they're catching on fire. Yeah, and you don't less company would have been you out of business. Prefer this. And so that have they do, do they do you, have you approached do you approach tech companies and say um, hey listen I, I hear you have this I'd like to I, I used to when I first got started right. I used to uh, I used to a good portion of my day would just go to different websites and go to contact us and try to you know get the company to let me test out a product right that was a fifty percent of my day before it's just it's just basically selling yourself yeah that's it and saying yeah. to them and then do Same you like I have a YouTube channel I, you know I do a lot of tech stuff your product would fit nice on my channel. You know, you have an extra one. I could, I could review it and send it back to you. You know, when you first getting started. You just, oh, you say I'll review just, I'll it review and, send it and send it back, back to you. Yeah. So this way, there's no everything's very clean and very simple. Yeah, because you know they'll give it to you if you, you you're getting it back. You're getting free publicity. They're not giving you any money. Okay. But Let as the channel gets bigger, then it's like, all right, now even if you're the, not going to pay me, to I'm you. keeping it. Yeah. Now that <laughs> they reach out to you. Yeah. <laughs> what well, what about it? What about in terms of? In terms, in terms of in terms of the future, are there certain industries where we don't see stuff that where we don't see influencers at all, or certain products? I mean, it seems like we see them for everything now. Yeah, I feel like I've seen them for literally everything. Tra travel destinations, travel, vacation spots, even things that don't necessarily look like they're influencer content, like you were saying, they usually are. Like those people are not paying for that expensive hotel most of the time. I, I've seen it across the board. I, I think it's great. I think it's really interesting. I feel like it is a better marketing strategy because you have these people automatically clicked in and engaged to this this person. It's it's more credible than anything else. So I've seen it across the board. I'm sure it will only continue to expand. So in in, in terms of the in terms of setting up a YouTube page like you do with the videos D did you have a certain strategy that you used like you said you set it up you your name it's your name yeah um, yeah I, mine is a hundred percent grassroots like I actually when I started nobody was making money on YouTube so every, a lot of the older like how channels, many years have you been doing it 
I'm almost 12 years now. Wow. wow. Okay. That's crazy. So for like the first six years, I didn't make one dime. But that's that kind of helped my channel because everybody knows that I'm not in it for the money because I was in it for six years straight just right. for fun. Right. So, you know, it kind of helps. But, yeah, when you're first setting it up, I wouldn't say you have to have a complete strategy. I would say the best way to set it up, your strategy, would be your personality. Uh-huh. You know, set it up based around you because at the end of the day, that's going to be your business. So right. you don't want to set it up based on somebody else's channel that you can't keep up with them or somebody else's personality that you can't keep up with. Better to set it up as your, your own personality and what you like to do. Or something that you can't, you can't maintain because you don't yeah, think And that's enough- another thing, especially with tech. It's hard to start a tech channel because you're going to be buying a lot of stuff yourself. So to have a tech channel, you need a regular job also. Most, you, most people Which that you have, have for the first six years. Yeah, most, yeah, even longer than that. I recently just quit my job not too long ago. Because mm-hmm. right. you, know, you never know. Like you said, you could, YouTube could go under any day. You know, like people that was making money on MySpace. Remember when that collapsed? Oh, MySpace, yeah. People had, I know people that MySpace was their career. And then one day it's just gone. Right. And then they had, they, they had, to, find, had to find something else. That's it. <laughs> Steph, in, ter- in terms of the fas- fashion, do you think there will be too much saturation with it? Um, it is kind of everywhere and it does create competition, but I think differentiating yourself will help you in terms of, you know, getting those contracts and making it consistent. Um, but yeah, I feel like everybody looks different. So the outfits are going to look different on me than they look on a different influencer. And it's cool to be able to see them kind of across the board, see how they're styled. Um, people's personal style really comes into play with how the outfits are presented online. So it is everywhere, but I think it's, you know, it's still fresh. I haven't seen it kind of, you know. And in press, we're seeing traditional adver- tra- traditional print advertising that, mm-hmm. that they use the style on the websites for companies. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost imitating social media, like they have a personality instead of a, a, a model, you know, a model without a name. But or if it's a model, it's a model with a, a name and a personality. This is why I like this product. They're making that look more like social media. They have to. I mean, this is just the world that we live in. They, 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 if they want to be part of the game, they got to play the game by its rules. And you know. The world that we live in, the influencers rule, and um, you know they really have to tailor their ad just to even show that they got their finger on the pulse. Right. You know that they can keep up where marketing is going, and you know at the end of the day, I really think that people have an insatiable appetite for for consuming content. So. You know, you asked the question earlier. It, this is only going to continue to grow, Lisa. Just get bigger and bigger. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, I want to thank you for uh, all of you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldier, Soldiers. Soldiers, Sean Prez, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. King Steph, great to have you with us. Yeah. Thank you. And Flossie Carter, wonderful to have you. Thank, thank you. you so much. My and, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace. <laughs>